Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Lamentations of Jeremiah, chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 7, 8 and 9. Lamentations, chapter 3, and verses 7, 8 and 9. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 7, 8 and 9. Hedged in by God. Jeremiah, he lived to see the prophecies that he was called to make concerning the Lord's wrath upon Israel because of their sin. He lived to see them come to pass. Many false prophets had prophesied peace. But God had said, while his people were not repenting, And they were continuing to walk in a way of idolatry and contrary to the Lord, that he would visit their transgressions. He would send them into Babylon for 70 years, and there they would be, and then he would bring them back again. Many never thought that the Lord would cause that the temple be destroyed, Jerusalem laid bare, and his ancient people brought into captivity in that way. The Lord did bring it to pass. And Jeremiah, who had prophesied these things, he lived to see it. He lived to see these things happen. And it was a grief, a sorrow to him. You know, wherever the Lord's servants may be a means of admonishing a people, a flock, correcting them, warning them, it is no pleasure when they actually see a people that do not heed, keep on their way, and those things come of which they warned would come, is no consolation and to say, well, I told you so, my prophecy came to pass. It's a grief, it is a sorrow, and that's what it was to Jeremiah. When he saw what had happened, when he saw Jerusalem sacked, when he saw those that were slain and those carried away, it was a grief, it was a sorrow to him. And these lamentations, they show this forth so well. Now these chapters, they're done in an acrostic, each one of them uh, apart from the chapter where we are, 22 verses, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. In, In this chapter, we have every three verses, the first three, is the first letter of the alphabet and then so forth right through the lamentation. It is designed to help a remembrance of this lament over what had happened to Jerusalem. It is a reminder to the people of God to uh, end of time, to the church of God, to those for whom the Lord sends warnings, to those to whom The Lord speaks and causes that they might hear his word, hearken to his word. 
And here we have a path that dear uh, Jeremiah viewed in his own case as an aspect of it in the words of our text, that his way had been a way hedged up. Some of you may have been to a, a, a maze that has got hedges and you try to find your way out of this maze and you've got a hedge on each side. You can't see over it. You can't see around the next bend. You don't know where it is going. You're trying to find your way out. Or like he says here, that the Lord hath enclosed his ways with hewn stone. And you think of, again, a pathway with hewn stone, a wall on each side. And we cannot turn from it to the left hand, to the right, but, but, but must go on. We cannot get out of this providence. We cannot get out of this chain of events. We can't stop it and say, I'd like to get off. I'd like to change this course of providence. I'd like to go back. No. And so Jeremiah, he'd been in this path and he knew it was going to come to pass. Now he is walking in and... The Lord had so hedged up his path. He must stay in his office. He must preach the word. He must warn them. He must see what is coming. He must follow through with all what the Lord had appointed for him and he could not get out. This is the picture and this is what Jeremiah is speaking of in the words of our text. And dear friends, it's not just Jeremiah. Many of the Lord's people know this and it may be that you this evening know it as well. Know something of what it is when the Lord hedges up the way and you cannot go back, you cannot hasten things, you cannot turn to the right hand, you cannot turn to the left. You're in a way, you're in a way the Lord's appointing and... You have no alternative but to keep going in it. Dear Jeremiah, not only was he in this position, but he describes the pain of it, especially the Lord shutting out his prayer. Well, it is in this that I want to open up a bit this evening. But... Surely we can just at the very start just think that there are some points we can glean immediately. God will follow through his warnings, won't he? He will bring to pass what he has said he will do. And yet with Israel, how long-suffering he was. He didn't suddenly bring this judgment. It was years, not just Jeremiah, but the prophets before him. The Lord is a long-suffering God. Another thing that we can learn is that nothing will prevent God's will. And maybe it is a seasonable reminder this evening, thinking of all that is happening in the world. The Lord is in control. He is doing according to the counsel of his own will. And none can stay his hand and say unto him, What doest thou? He is before me. He is above, above the leaders of this world, the nations of this world. 
they also are walking in his will. They also, providence is unfolding his book of divine counsels and is coming to pass. How we need to watch, watch and pray, watch the Lord's hand, watch what is happening in providence and above all, that we might desire that we ourselves be walking close to the Lord and in the fear of the Lord. We think of dear Jeremiah who is the Lord's messenger here and who gave these warnings and predictions. He was a godly man, an upright man. In the midst of all of this, we think of Daniel, we think of his friends, we think of others, the Ethiopian who had lifted up Jeremiah out of the dungeon. There were the Lord's dear people there, the same as in Ahab's day, those that Obadiah hid in a cave so that Jezebel didn't destroy them. However dark, and Elijah thought he was the only one left in his day, but however dark it may be, the Lord still does have his dear people. And may we be careful in this, that we be amongst those that fear his name, that do heed his warnings and walk in his ways. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. May that be our word to follow the Lord, whether we are the only one that appears to be doing so. And so we have not only these things to observe, but the Lord gives Israel a light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, in this chapter, Jeremiah speaks of those lights, isn't it? It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. Jeremiah had been caused to buy a field. Why would you ever buy a field in a land that was going to be overrun by an enemy? But it was so that he could prophesy that there should be again fields, lands, be bought and sold in that land. The Lord would bring them back from captivity into that very land. And he gave Jeremiah to be as a sign and the land that he brought to be as a sign that that would indeed come to pass, which it did. There was a great blessing. However the dark the way is for us, if there is a little gleam of light, we have to discern that. At the end of the path, we can see the light and see the path. There is an end. Surely there is an end. And thine expectation shall not be cut off. I want to, with the Lord's help, confine my thoughts to three headings this evening. Firstly, being in a way and position we cannot escape from. Hedged about and enclosed with hewn stone. Then secondly, the difficulty of the path. It's not just being hedged in in a smooth, nice, beautiful, easy path, but it is a difficult path, heavy, crooked, and with prayer shut out. And then I want to look lastly, 
the blessings of the path he hath. It is a path in God's hand. Well, let us look firstly then, being in a way, in a way and position we cannot escape from. Really, this is the condition, whether, whether we feel it or not. But there are those times that we are made, and God's people are made to especially feel that they cannot change or get out of the place that they're in. When we think of Israel in Egypt, before that Moses appeared to them, yes, they had a hard task. The taskmasters were hard on them and they groaned under their burdens. But they might have thought, well, it's not such a hard thing to get out of this path if we really wanted to. But when God sent Moses and it was the beginning of them to be able to be brought out of that path, then as those nine signs progressed, they must have been left without any doubt that they were hedged in, they were captives in Egypt. Pharaoh was not going to let them go even though his whole country was destroyed. And they must have wondered what, where the scene will end. How could they get out of it? How could they turn the clock back? Make Moses disappear back into the wilderness. Go back to what they were, being left alone. Sometimes they gave utterance to that, even when they are in the wilderness. But here they were in this path. They couldn't get out of it. They couldn't shorten it. They couldn't change it. They knew what it was like to be in that path. Then when they were brought out of Egypt, when they came to the Red Sea, here's the Red Sea in front of them, the mountains each side, you have the Egyptians coming behind them. They were literally hedged in by mountains, by the Red Sea. They thought death was staring them in the face. They knew what it was to be kept in that very position and God brought them into that position and they couldn't change it. They couldn't get out of it. They had to wait for the Lord to appear. They had to look to the Lord. We think of the case of Jacob. I've no doubt he felt so when he left home, uh, when he went to Laban when he was hedged in, as it were, for the first seven years, then deceived in the matter of Rachel, and then to serve for another seven years, and then to have nothing, too wise, but no flocks, no substance of his own. You know, in a lot of ways, he was held in until that appointed time, and then God appeared and God brought him out from Laban and back to his own land again. We think of dear 
Joseph, how could Joseph have got out of that path? You know, right from the time he had his dreams, he knew there was something appointed by God. But then as the time came near to be fulfilled, there he is mistreated by his brothers, cast into a pit, sold, and in each step, he didn't have to make any decisions. That way was hedged in for him. He was just ushered along on this path of providence until there he's found in the prison and forgotten. Hewn stone, thick walls of a prison, hedged up. And there he is. And he just waits, waits in that prison. What about dear Job? Life had been going very well, smooth, easy, very prosperous. And then suddenly there comes a day and he loses everything. And then he loses his health. And then he has his friends. Miserable comforters are you all. You know, Job, he wished that he'd never been born. He wished that his mother's womb had been his grave. You know, he couldn't get out of that path. He couldn't change it. He was in it for as long as the Lord had appointed it. He knew what it was. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Job knew that path. You might say, so did the three Hebrew children with the image of Nebuchadnezzar before them. So did Daniel with the decree made that none should call upon any except the king for 30 days. Many of the Lord's dear people have viewed themselves in a path or a path before them that they cannot get off. They cannot stop the movement of that providence. They're in it. They cannot change it. They cannot start their lives again. They cannot change that course. This what Jeremiah speaks of in the Lamentations is the experience of many of the Lord's dear people. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. The journey of life hedged in so that then is the first point looked at from the experience of those 
in Scripture. But what about us as we are fallen creatures under the law? Can we get out from under the law? Whatsoever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law. All have wrought in guilty, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are born into this world, we are passing through this world under the sentence of death, under the law. Eternity is before us, death is before us, the judgment throne is before us. We cannot get out, we cannot stop, we cannot say, well, I wish I wasn't born. Or I'd like to get out some other way, I don't want to go through death. I don't want to stand before God's judgment throne. We cannot change it, dear friends. We are as much hedged in and held in that path. What about the path of affliction? Many of the Lord's dear people, and many that are not too, have paths of affliction that they will never be rid of this side of the grave. Those things that they're born with those things that are their lot, they can't suddenly say, I don't like that portion. What a solemn thing that some think they can escape and break through these hedges by taking their own life. What a solemn thing. There's no way out that way. Never think that. Our soul is immortal. It is eternal. And we must, after death, Meet God before his judgment throne. There he must give an account. And there it must be either heaven or hell. And for those who have destroyed their own body and destroyed their own soul, there can only be one destination. Never take that line thinking it is a way of escape. No. Dear Job, in his affliction, he says all the appointed Days of my life will I wait till my change come. He would not put his hand to it or to change it himself. But what about providences as well? Providences that you and I are in. And we might think, well, we want a fresh start. We're going to change things. We're going to renew things. Is that your path? Is that mine? This what Jeremiah experienced and knew is going to be known by many people and especially be known by the people of God. There is reasons for it. We hope to come later on to, to look at some of those that may be encouragement to us. But under this first point, just to notice the, the feeling of being held and in captivity and in a place and a course that we, we cannot escape from. Dear Job, he says that he performeth the thing that is appointed for me and many such things are with him. Well, I want to notice then, secondly, 
that not only is this a hedged-in path, but it is also a path that is not a pleasant path. It is a path where we can really understand those wanting to get out of it and escape from it. We have three things specifically that are mentioned here. The first one is that he hath made my chain heavy. In verse 7, a heavy chain, a heavy burden, something that we are, as we're proceeding, we're dragging it along, it almost has the picture of a prisoner trying to work trying to do what he's bidden to do, but all the time he's got this chain around his ankle and a ball attached to it and a heavy weight attached to it and there's resistance to everything that he does. He hath made my chain heavy. Another picture of it is not only hedged about but chained to this path of providence, chained to this appointed way. Is that which is unpleasant in it. And then we have the picture as well of his prayer being shut out. I, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. The Lord doesn't want to hear. He's not listening. What is he praying for? What are you praying for? What I'm praying for? Sometimes we can pray for wrong things. But here is this description. One of the Lord's dear people, a faithful prophet, a true prophet, and his prayer, he says, is shut out. Can you come in with him there? Can you feel for him? Do you know what that's like? To have your prayer Shut out as if God is not listening. God is not hearkening. He's not changing anything. He's not doing anything. It's still just going on and on as if you weren't praying at all. As if nothing is being said. This is what Jeremiah is feeling. And then there's another thing. He hath made my paths crooked. Crooked paths. You know, if something's a straight path, you can anticipate what's coming next. You can see what's round the corner because there's no corner. There are not many straight roads in Kent. Sometimes there are. You can see right into the distance. But most of them are twists and turns. They're crooked paths. And you, you can't see far ahead at all. And Jeremiah, he is picturing his paths are like this. They're crooked. Another aspect of that crookedness, they don't seem to lie straight with God's promises, with his word, with his faithfulness, with his kindness, with what we expected, we trusted it should have been he that should have been to, should have delivered Israel. You know, 
there are many uh, things that don't seem to lie straight, don't seem to add up. Are there that in your life? Doesn't seem to add up, doesn't seem to lie straight. In this path of a hewed up way, hedged up way, is a way that is not pleasant, not easy, and made all the more difficult. The prayer itself, that communion, fellowship with God, and that only way that a poor child of God knows to take his troubles and his sorrows is actually blocked up. These things are written, are written for our learning, Paul tells us, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. These things are written because the Lord has said, Jeremiah, you won't be the last one in this position. You won't be the last one that walks in the unpleasant hedged up way. Well, I want to look then thirdly at the blessings of the path. You say, what? how can there ever be blessings on such a path as this? How can this work for good? How can it truly be any good at all? Well, the first clue we might say to that is that right through these three verses, we have these two words. He hath. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. Jeremiah is seeing, this is not Satan, this is not man, this is God's hand, he hath. And you know when it comes in later, when you come to verse 22, he's speaking of him who hath done these things. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, the soul that seeketh him. Dear friend, in your trouble and in your trial, my trial, do you discern it is the Lord's hand? The Lord hath done these things. Say, how do I know? What's the timing of it? What specific things? You know, with Isaac, Abraham's servant, when he went to get a wife for Isaac, the things that were done there, Laban and Bethuel, they said the thing proceedeth from the Lord. Others have said this is the Lord's doing and it is marvellous in our eyes. God is known by the judgment that he executeth. 
his handiwork. You know, if we went down past a building site, we didn't see any builders, but we saw foundations, we saw a frame going up. And if we knew a particular builder, we knew his style, we knew his manner, we knew his method, then we'd recognise that this is his work. He's working on this site. I can't see his van. I can't see him. I can't see a notice board. But there's only one worker that works like that. And Jeremiah is not a doubt. He might have hedged me about. He hath. The Lord's done it. You say, yeah, but the devil is saying it's because I'm not one of his people because uh, I'm cast down. He's rejected me. He's just used me as scaffolding and, and I'm not one of his people at all. That's why. Was that why Jeremiah walked in this path? Why do you think it's just you? And so... When we see it's the Lord's hand. Remember when David numbered Israel and he fell under it, I've sinned. And the Lord gave him three things. Choose thou three things. You can't get out of it, David. You've got to choose three. You can't imagine you didn't do it. No wonder, dear David says, I am in a great strait. Possible situation. What did he say? What was his resolve? Let me now fall into the hand of the Lord and not fall into the hand of man, for his mercies are great. That's what he desired. And Jeremiah, he can see it is the Lord that has made his way what it is. So there's a first thing of a blessing, an encouragement, and a help. Another thing is, it is so a blessing can be kept for the end without our hand being put to it and marring it. Sometimes we might wonder, why did not God tell Jacob, that Joseph, his son, was still alive. Why did he let him go those many years, over 20 years, thinking he was dead? Now, Jacob, he could have put his hand to it. He could have sent a, a, a party to Egypt and to rescue his son. You know... We like to interfere. We like to put our hand to things. But God has, makes us that that doesn't happen by bringing into a path like this. The Lord's dear people had to go into Babylon because they were then to be brought out and established and blessed in their own land. Job, he had to go through this path at the end of it the latter end of Job was better than the beginning. The three Hebrew children, the great deliverance of them being brought out of the burning fiery furnace would not have happened otherwise than they'd be hedged into it. And, 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 and Daniel as well with the lion's den. When the Lord would have his people walk in a path, he'll make it, 
that they cannot escape out of it. Remember with the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, the Lord directed them by the way of the Red Sea, not by the way of the Philistines, which was near, lest they see war and turn back uh, to Egypt. The Lord made sure that they were brought into the wilderness, they were kept in the wilderness, they were brought in that way to the promised land. And so there is a blessing in that hedging up. Sometimes we have seen our way hedged up because things have been lost, a passport lost. So we couldn't travel, we couldn't go when we wanted to go or thought we should go. But when the time came, then that passport was found and we could go and we did go. And we, looking back, bless the Lord, that the way was hedged up and stopped and we didn't move or go before the time. And the Lord uses these things to hedge us up. Years ago in Australia, before we married, I bought a block of land and immediately the market fell, that land, it could not be given away. And there it was as an anchor in Australia because we had to go back there and have six years there and me called into the ministry there, start my ministry there before coming back here. And that block of land was used as a way to hedge up an anchor to keep me there until the set time. Then it was sold. Only when we could then have another land holding in Australia until time to come here. We should know and if we look back in our lives and we can see times when our way has been hedged up and we've discerned the Lord has done it. He's stopped it. When we try to turn back, we try to turn away, we think of that word, thou shalt hear a word behind thee. When thou turnest to the right hand or when thou turnest to the left, is in a way is the same idea. Here is a path set before you. Let thine eyes look right on. Thy footsteps right before thee. And there it is, you start to turn to one side and there you get a word. No, not that way. Not that way. Straight on. Do it in that way. There's another blessing. Here is guidance in which we don't have to make the decision. We made that note with Joseph. How many times did he make a decision in his life once sold into Egypt. He didn't. His way was hedged up. Sometimes we have thought that we would have to make a decision whether an operation should go ahead or not. And that decision was taken out of our hands, not even given the opportunity. We rebelled against it at first. But it was one of these hewn stones, one of these things you can't get past couldn't change until the appointed time of the Lord's and time's way. Sometimes we think, well, Lord, guide me, direct me, teach me what to do. And all the time it's a decision I've got to make and the Lord will show me what decision to make. And there, there are many things in life that that is the case. But there are other times and sometimes it is in the major course of one's life and the Lord says, 
Poor soul, my dear child, you are not going to make decisions in this. I am going to make them for you and I'm going to hedge you up and I'm going to keep you in that path and keep you as my servant and in my way until I've done my will and achieved my purposes and work and then I will change your path. The children of Israel that stay a long while at Mount Sinai and at last the Lord said, you have tarried long enough in this mount and they were to move on. But until the Lord's time, that is not the time to go and to move. And so there is a way that is hedged up. But there's another blessing. I like to think that the Lord will lead his dear people into paths that bring them to have fellowship with himself in his sufferings. Later on in this chapter, we read some words and you can read them and surely you can see the Saviour here. In verse 53 or verse 52, Mine enemies chase me sore like a bird without cause. They have cut off my life in the dungeon and cast a stone upon me. We know our Lord Jesus Christ as the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Right from the beginning of the world, when the Lord was given by his Father a people to redeem, then this path was appointed for him. In the word of God, God warns his people not to be shorty for a stranger. That is, to make an agreement that if that person cannot pay their bills and meet their debts, then you will pay in their stead. He says, don't do that. If you bind yourself with an oath and an agreement in that way, you're hedged in. You cannot get out of that. If he can't pay, you're going to pay. You're going to lose all your substance. Well, that stranger might never need to have a surety. But you know, when the Lord became a surety for his people, he knew they would need a surety. He knew they had nothing to pay. He knew they would be under the sentence of death. He knew that as soon as man fell, then there was to be the seed of the woman that should bruise Satan's head and that Satan would bruise his heel. The Son of Man, our Lord said, goeth as it was determined. But woe is he by whom he is betrayed. But it was a path. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. However much we might feel, our path is hedged up, never take our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. His path, says the hymn writer, was much darker, much rougher than mine. Shall my Lord suffer and shall I repine? It does us good to see that. You might say, well, couldn't he just escape out of it? 
What? A faithful God? A God that promises? A holy God, a God that could never go back on his word. Hath he said and shall he not do it? God forbid that he should and he never did. It's hard for us who would long to get out sometimes of a path that is hedged in to really enter into the path of our dear Lord. You know, he willingly, he lovingly stayed the course and stayed in it and endured that suffering. You say, but his prayer wasn't shut out, wasn't it? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Yes, it was. They all forsook him and fled. Betrayed by his disciple. Denied by another. Forsaken by them all. Yet laid on him the iniquity of us all. And why did he do it? For love's sake. The love of his dear people, love to their souls, love to his Father. And why do we continue? And why do we keep going? And why do we walk in a path hedged up for the Lord's sake? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That path our Lord walked. We can really only enter into it when the Lord brings us into a similar path. I pray that this evening the Lord will shine. Shine upon these verses. Shine upon your path, my path. And cause us to know something of what our Lord went through and what he endured to save our souls from hell, to deliver us from eternal damnation. He must suffer. He must put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He must work out a righteousness for his people, to give his people. He must save his people from their sins. His name is Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And that path he never swerved from. He never changed course from. He fulfilled it in every jot and tittle. Salvation is of the Lord. And so if you, if I am in this path here, hedged about, shut in, a hard path, a heavy path, path where prayer is not heard, may you be able to look at the benefits and blessings and fall into those dear hands once nailed to the accursed tree. That dear God who hath done all these things and may the time yet come that we be able to say he hath done all things well. May the Lord add his blessing. Amen.